Hey, I'm excited for all of you that are watching live. I'm excited to start a new collection today, this week, this weekend, and looking forward to what God is going to do in our lives through that. It's called The Church Is Here. Come on in. The Church Is Here. We're ready for this. We're equipped. We're prepared. You have more inside you than you've ever thought, than you've ever known. And I'm believing that as you and I are the church, that we are here in the presence of God. Everywhere we're going, they hear that the church is ready. They hear that the church is moving. They hear that the church is living. It, that, it, that, we are, that we are thriving in the midst of things that are happening. And today's title for us is Grit, Don't Quit. Grit, Don't Quit. I want to talk to a gritty church. There's a lot of pretty churches. There's a lot of good-looking churches. There might even be some less than good-looking churches. I don't know. There's a lot of good-looking people. There's all those things. But I want to talk to a church that's got grit because grit don't quit. So if you've been standing up worshiping, you can have a seat. If you've been having a seat, you may want to stand up, do your thing, and do what you need to do. But like I said, grit don't quit. I want to talk about this concept of grit. It means, here's a definition that I have. Grit, to work hard for long periods of time in the midst of many obstacles. To work hard for long periods of time in the midst of many obstacles. That's grit. Anybody can work hard when it's easy. Anybody can work hard for a short period of time. But when it starts being longer than we wanted to, it becomes more difficult. When it starts being harder than we thought it would be, then it becomes easier to quit. But the church can't quit. The people of God can't quit. There was a time when I discovered, you know, you may not even know that you have grit inside of you. You may not even know. And I, there was a time in which I didn't know how gritty I really was. I remember I was playing a basketball game. I love basketball. I'm trying to keep up my resolution even despite all the things going on and um, do my dribbling drills. Do your dribbling drills out there. I love basketball and I was, I was playing basketball and we were losing because anybody can play hard when they're winning. We were losing and we were going to lose. There was no mathematical way that we were going to win. And I remember I was still out there. I was giving my all. I was playing defense. I was hustling and a loose ball went out in the corner and I dove for it. Again, it's just a reflex. I'm just playing how I play. I dove for the loose ball and I saved it to one of my to one of my teammates, but it still ended up going out of bounds. And I'm sliding, I'm on the floor and I'm sweating and I'm tired. There's a few seconds left and we're gonna lose no matter what. That's just where it's at. And I remember the ref was standing there and he was kind of like kind of standing over me and and he blew the whistle, it's out of bounds, and then he said, Man, you're not gonna give up, are you? And I I, I don't remember what I said. But I still remember years and years later, some referee that made some side comments at me that, that exposed a, a level of grit I had inside me. And so I'm hoping that there's some side comment the Holy Spirit can make to you wherever you are right now that'll expose a grit inside of you that's stronger and deeper and more powerful perhaps than you ever knew that it was. But even more gritty than I am diving for a loose ball, I want to talk about the Apostle Paul. If you haven't read about his excursions and expe expeditions in Scripture, I want to take us to a book, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is Paul's fourth letter or, or book that, that he wrote 
He wrote it about one year after he wrote 1 Corinthians, and his purpose in writing it was to encourage, instruct, and realign the church through sharing his personal testimonies, especially with this relationship between persecution and purpose. Between persecution and purpose. Your struggle's not for nothing. And it, if we're going to be with God, then struggle is never wasted. It's always for something greater. It's always with a purpose. It always yields a fruit. It always finds faith. It always builds us. It always brings people to know who Jesus Christ is. And so Paul, being the greatest person that I know, even though I don't know him, I feel like I know him. You know what I'm saying? You got some friends like that that you're interacting with on social media and the internet right now, especially that you don't know him, but you know him. You never met him, but you know him. You know what I'm saying? And so Paul's one of my guys. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, let me show you, let me show you how much grit Paul had. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. You're probably on your phone watching this. So I'm going to give you just a minute to find it because you're like, oh, how do I pull up the Bible? Um, you know, new things we're trying to discover. New things we're trying to discover. Here's what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, reading to verse 29. It says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city. Come on, that's a lot of danger. Danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me, the anxiety for the churches. Paul's saying, physically, I've been through it all. Beaten, lied about, stressed, anxious. I had brothers I thought were friends that turned into frenemies and then turned worse than that. I had people that I thought were for me that turned their back on me. I've been adrift at sea. I've been hungry. I've been thirsty. I've been up nights and nights without sleep. I've been hurting, hurting, hurting. And amidst all of that, there's the wheel that plays in my head, the anxiety and the worry and, and just the pressure from the church. And, and just the people of God and hoping that other people too would live with the same zeal and passion that our Savior lived with. But I realized that Paul was able to be gritty. He was able to have this, this in him because grit has a goal. Grit is not without purpose because when there's persecution but there's no purpose, man, that's just a lot of pain. But when there's persecution with purpose, we can find glory at the other side of that. We can find some incredible praise in the middle of that. Paul writes another time. He says, 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. I, there's a lot behind. There's a lot beside. There's even some stuff in between me and there. But one thing I know, I press on towards what? Towards the goal of Jesus Christ that he calls me. And so whatever persecution or beating or frustration or worry or stress might be in between me and the call of Christ, I press on towards the call of Christ. And so I speak to any person wherever you are, speaking to the grit, the holy grit inside of you, you heard of the Holy Ghost? I'm speaking of the Holy Grit inside of you. And I'm saying it's more in there than you know. It just sometimes takes some unique circumstances to expose it. That you find out something was deposited inside of you from generations before. Or from reading a text or from sitting in a, a worship experience another time. That deposited a seed inside of you that's now going to begin to grow. What seems like would have been harsh times and wouldn't allow for something to grow. Actually will be fruitful times and will allow things to grow that should never have grown. Receive the word. And receive that grit has a goal. And let's focus on that goal. It's, it's easy to be about a goal when we just see the picture. Let me show you this. Sam's got an illustration for me. Hand it right there for me, man. Appreciate you. Come on. Come on for my Lego fans. I got a Lego fan here. He said, oh my goodness. Praise God. I got an I got a, a awesome, awesome Lego box right here and let me just tell you inside of it is Legos did you know that can you imagine yeah he knew it can you imagine if I went to the store and I bought this and what I thought I was pulling out of the box was already pre-made race cars I thought I was pulling out pre-made race cars. I thought oh look on the box there's this car, got me an RT Dodge right there, man. Oh, man, got an SRT over here. One's black, one's yellow. Got some racing stripes on it. Look at those little guys, got me light. Look at it. I, I got something right here. And I, I go and I open the box and I pull it out. And I think what I'm pulling out is two race cars. But what I realize I'm pulling out is parts and pieces that make a race car. Yeah. I think many times maybe we've approached, approached our faith like this. Yeah. Come on. This, we think... We think this is the goal. Hey, let me tell you what. If you're buying Legos, the goal is for it to look like this. That's the goal. But in between buying the box and getting to the goal, you got to have some grit. Because the parts are not together yet. And you got all the ones you need in the box. They're just not put together in the right order. And let me tell you something else I know as a former Lego expert. <laughs> I've made many a Lego in my time. You can put them together wrong. And then you can think, they didn't give me the right instructions. They didn't give me, they didn't give me the right box. They didn't give me the right parts. No, no, no. You didn't give you enough time and patience and wisdom to know how to put it together. Oh, I started putting it together and I just quit halfway through. I just, man, I got one car. I got the, I got the yellow car put together. But the other one, I'm like, oh, man, I just got to. Grit has a goal. The goal in buying the box is put them together. Don't be fooled. The picture is what it will be. But the picture is not what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. And for many of us, we're in this Lego building process. 
And the test is to see, can we stay steadfast on the goal of Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel, being the best dad we can be, being a great husband, being a great mom, being great in the workplace, speaking truth and faith when others are down in the pits and, and all they're doing is dwelling in lies. Can we continue to do that with great grit towards the goal? It's always popular and fun and easy when you get down to the last few pieces. You can see it all. It's all coming together now. But putting those first three, four, ten, twenty pieces together, you may seem like you're a long ways off from making it happen. But piece by piece, the Holy Spirit working through us will do a great work because the Holy Spirit's not going to do a bad work. If we'll yield ourselves over to Him, He will do a great work in us and at the end, we'll see. When we get to eternity with our Savior, when we get into the, into the presence of God, we'll continue to see being more and more like we're supposed to be made into. Amen. You know, everybody, if they could just snap their fingers and become great, probably would. Yeah. There's probably very few that would say, no thanks. I'd rather not be instantly great. Most would want to. But I think when we think of the pursuit of a goal and the pursuit of greatness, I, I think of a guy like Kevin Plank. You may not know who Kevin Plank is. He is the starter and founder of Under Armour. And people may want to own Under Armour now that he made it great. You may even own a component of Under Armour. You may even own a piece of fitness gear that was designed and inspired by Under Armour but made by another company. How many companies started copying Kevin Plank 10 years ago and wanted to be like him, wanted to make shirts like that, fitness, sweat wicking, dry fit, moving, friction free, etc. I mean, think about how he has changed. Under Armour came on the scene. Nike started copying him. And so many companies, and sorry if you're Nike and you're watching this, I apologize. I mean, it's the facts of the facts. You started copying him. Anyways, but, but everyone would want to be Kevin Plank now. But in 1995... When Kevin Plank was in his garage and he was selling one high-performance t-shirt for, for $40,000 that it cost to make it. He had one high-performance t-shirt and he was $40,000 into credit card debt to make one t-shirt happen. And he was trying to sell one dream. No one says, oh, I want to be Kevin Plank then. Right. Because most of us don't know we have grit inside of us. Yeah. But if we knew the grit we had, if we knew the goal of grit, if we knew the greatness in grit, then we'd say, oh yeah, put me in Kevin Plank's spot. Yeah. Because I'll take $40,000 of credit card debt, and I'll take, and I'll take one performance t-shirt, and I'll use by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'll watch greatness come from this level of grit. Because I know God can do anything inside a person who's willing to be used by God. Yeah. But we want, the, we want the picture, not the process. We want it to be done and finished. We don't want to build. But Kevin Plank was willing to build. Kevin Plank was willing to risk it all. And for many of us, our faith is calling us to a place of risk that our flesh does not want to go to. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, this is, the, this is the fight we find ourselves in. It's the flesh and the faith. And that's where grit comes in and begins to do some work. I want to share with you too story of John Wooden. 
I first and I told my basketball story, other I'll keep with my keep with my theme here, tell another basketball story. Many many of you may know who John Wooden is. You may not know who John Wooden is. But he's one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. He has since passed away, but has made more incredible feats in, in basketball than anyone else has. He has won seven, he had won seven consecutive NCAA championships, and my heart goes out right now. I felt like it was appropriate, given just the hold on so many things, to, to tip our hat and to say to all the college athletes that are out there that are watching this, I feel for you. All the high school athletes that are out there that are watching this, I feel for you. I can't put myself in that place imagining where you must be and what you must feel. And so I feel it's appropriate to acknowledge just the, just the athletes who were out there who had been hustling and training all year long who are now in a time of uncertainty like many others. But no one would pick to be John Wooden when he was an English teacher of multiple athletic teams at Dayton High School in Kentucky in his first year as basketball coach when he went 6-11 and 11 and had a losing season. No one says, oh, I want to be John Wooden then. Yeah. Oh, what a, no one walked up to him and said, hey, bud, you'll probably be the best coach of the year one day. Don't worry. No, losing season is no good. It would have been a great time to throw in the towel and to stop and say, maybe I'm no good. You know what? He could play basketball. Maybe he couldn't coach basketball. But he said, no, I'm going to keep going. And went on to win seven national championships, three undefeated seasons, leading some of the greatest basketball players that ever played the game, wrote books, dropped wisdom, was the model for coaches and still is for so many coaches. And where would he be if he didn't let grit become greatness inside of him? He would have stopped after he was 6-11. and 11. And for some of us, we're at the first season where, we've, where we're having a losing time. We've won 6, we've lost 11, and we're wondering, do we have what it takes? And here's what I say. When we have the Holy Ghost inside of us, yes, we do. We do have what it takes. So it's time, I think, for the church to get a little gritty. We've been greedy. Many of us. It's time to get gritty. It's time to, it's time to let what's inside of us really become shining out the glory of Christ. It's time to see, you know what, is there really some grit inside of us that's willing to push through some places of adversity and some hard things? It's, it's time to say, how, how do we as the church stand up and say, grit don't quit. The church ain't going nowhere. The people of God ain't going nowhere. God ain't going nowhere. We're standing. We're here to serve. We're here to be generous. We're here to love. And how can we let those things flow out of us? It's time we realize the relationship between persecution and purpose. Yeah. Instead of feeling like our struggles are for nothing, realizing there's great glory that God is getting, that people are seeing as we persevere in the midst of all the things that are happening. It's time that we reach out to people, though we feel like, like we don't have, we by faith reach out anyways to others that don't. 
and say, I'm here for you. What do you need? How can I give? How can I care? How can I pray? You know, I feel like I, if if you're feeling like you need someone to pray for you, pray for somebody else. If you're feeling like you have a need that's not being met, meet the need of somebody else and trust that God has got you where he needs you. If you'll let your grit grow in a place and really begin to blossom. So wherever you are, whatever you're going through, don't get focused on the, on the picture and get discouraged and quit because so many who have come before us have pressed through the faces of adversity and continue to go. And now in many of us, and not just because of the current time we're in, just because of where the church is and our faith and our expectancy and everything happening, it's time that we rise up even more with this level of grit and begin to speak truth in dark places and begin to shine light in dark places and begin to engage and to do things in different ways than we've ever seen them done before. I believe in you that are watching this. I believe God has deposited something inside of you that is there that he will water in great soil and it will grow and it will blossom and you'll begin to see there's more in you than you ever thought there was. Praise God for that. I want to pray for us right now. Father, we thank you and we love you. You are good. You are a good God. We can always declare that when we're stressed, we can pause in that moment and say, you're good. And so I, I pray over every person watching this live right now that you're in the room with them, that you're speaking to them, that your Holy Spirit is encouraging them even now, showing them the goal that their grit may move to, Showing them the greatness, that the, the pieces of greatness that their grit may bring. And reminding them not to quit. Because there's too much purpose in front of us. We pray this in the name that is above every single name. The name that heals. The name that brings new life. The name that recovers our spirits. The name that gives us hope. The name that is our foundation. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. And everybody pray with me. Say it wherever you are. It says amen. amen.